You can talk a talk, but you need to walk the walk. Amen. That if you're a Christian today, you've got no choice but walking the walk. Now, we can tell if you're a Christian or not by the way you walk. You know, too many people want to talk about being saved and then never live like they're saved. And I'm going to tell you, it's because they ain't. Because if you're saved today, you're going to walk like you're saved and talk like you're saved because you're saved. There's certain things you can't do if you're a Christian. You can't do them. It's impossible. Uh, John MacArthur said this. Not David Barber, John MacArthur, but I agree with him. John MacArthur said it's impossible to be a Christian and be a homosexual. It's impossible. You hear me? Because the Holy Spirit can't dwell within that vessel. And I'm not bad now on homosexuals. You know what? They're sinners just like the rest of us. Some of us sometimes want to pick and choose the sin that we want to hate. But God hates all sin. Amen. And God has sympathy for all sinners. And we need to have compassion for people who are lost in that despicable sin of homosexuality. Not hate the sinner, but hate the sin. You understand? Amen. That's right. You know, Jesus wouldn't spurn those that were homosexuals. Have, he would have compassion on them. And he would say, now, go and sin no more. Wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. But the point is, you can't dwell within there. It can't happen. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit won't let it. It won't let it happen. So I'm just telling you. In James chapter 4, verses uh, 2, we're going to read uh, verses 2 and 3. And he says, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet have not, because you ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit fill this building. I pray, Lord, that you speak to the hearts and to the lives of these people, not David Barber. For my words, Lord, mean nothing. But your words are powerful. Your Holy Spirit pierces through the hardest shell. Lord, we pray now that you would help us as Christians to understand the, the importance of prayer and understand how we can get our prayers answered every single time we pray. I pray, Lord, you now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me say the very words you would have me to say. For, Lord, your words are important. For it's in your name we do pray it. Amen. Amen. The uh, late Ian Bounds. Have you, any of you have read the book, The Power Through Prayer by Ian Bounds? Let me tell you, it is one of the most awesome books you can read on prayer. It's about 94 pages. And I'm going to tell you, it's actually less than that because they take a lot of the margin. I think it's like an inch on each margin of this small paperback book. So you can sit down and read it honestly in about, I'm a slow reader. I'm a visual learner, so I have to, or audible reader, you know what I'm saying? These others, I have to read it and hear it in my head, you know what I'm talking about? Some people can speed read, I can't do that. I can speed talk, as you'll see, but I can't speed read. So I have to read it and understand it. Has to, I have to hear myself reading it in my mind. You know what I'm talking about? That caused me some trouble in school. Now I have a doctor degree in education. And uh, so I've been through a lot of school. But uh, uh, I tell you, it's not been an easy task. <laughs> Especially when people write these big textbooks and they got eight font. You say, Tubba, sure, eight font. What is that? Um, but Ian Bounds has a book entitled The Power Through Prayer. And he states, what the church needs today is not more machinery 
or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. What a powerful book that is. If you want to get inspired about God and feel uh, about prayer and feel how weak you are, read Ian Bounds Powers of Prayer. And he talks about some of these great men of God who spent their knees, their hours and hours on their knees in prayer. Yes, they had other things to do, but prayer was important for them. And they spent their life. They were great men of God because of the great God that dwelled within them because of their prayer lives. In a 2014 survey that was done by Pew Research, they did a random sampling of Americans across the country, varying in race, religion, gender. And the survey showed a frequency of prayer. 55% of people in America said they prayed. 55%. By the way, it's down 3% from the last survey they did. 16% say they pray weekly. 6% say they pray monthly. 23% say they pray seldom or never. And I'm trying to figure out how do you get 55? Anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and 1% say they don't know if they pray. You don't know if they pray, you don't pray. Out <laughs> <laughs> uh, of Protestant groups now, because that was a random sample, so Protestant groups. Out of Protestant groups, 79% of evangelical Protestants Say they pray. Remember, an evangelical Protestant is someone who believes in preaching the gospel, right? Sharing the good news with somebody else. Evangelism. And only them 79% praise and wonder why people aren't successful. You're doing it on your own. 54% uh, of mainline Protestants say they pray. Which means there's 26% of them that aren't saved. If you ain't praying to God, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's our strength, right? I mean, we're not talking to God. Why would God commune with us? Uh, I don't know how you survive. You don't. Generational cohorts. See how they look. Well, young millennials, those who are 25 to 29, 10% of them pray. Hmm. It's really not surprising most of us, is it? We see the society we live in today. Older millennials, those that are 29 to 39, 12% they pray. Uh, and remember, some of them consider praying once a month. So it's not daily uh, devout prayer. This is as, as just just saying, yeah, I pray. Check. Uh, Generation X, those are the people who are 41 to 55. 28% of them say they pray. Baby boomers who are 56 to 76, 34% of those pray. The silent generation are those that are 77 to 95, and 14% of them pray. Some of them may not be able to pray anymore. The greatest generation, those who are 96 to 119, only 4% of them pray. So maybe we need to go and help them pray with those people. It's clear from these numbers that many of us still do pray some, if not on a daily basis. Here's some quotes on prayer. D.L. Moody said, I'd rather be able to pray than be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. Dr. Curtis Hudson said, there's more than you can do after you pray. There's nothing you can do until you pray. Sometimes we wonder how come our, our efforts aren't successful. Did we ask God about it first? Or did we just strike out on our own? Um, Abraham Lincoln said, I have been driven many times to my knees 
by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. And then the most famous person we know of, unknown or anonymous, there's a lot of stuff to him, and said, nothing lies outside the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. Today we'll look at five things about prayer and how to ensure our prayers are answered every single time we pray without a doubt. And I'm going to show you how to do that today. How you can guarantee every single prayer you have that you pray will be answered 100% of the time. So look at our scripture. Verse 3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. The dictionary defines prayer as a request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. Billy Graham's association defines prayer as spiritual communication between man and God, a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. It is natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs. That came from Billy Graham Association. So prayer is simply talking to God. It is simply talking to God. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. It's impossible. You can't be a Christian without praying. You can't be. Uh, prayer is our inner man crying out for help. Fellowship, spiritual nourishment. It is born out of our need and the assurance that God is there to meet the need and to answer our prayers. So now we know what prayer is. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? John Bunyan said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Jesus said, in Matthew 7, 8, Ask, it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. <clears throat> Jesus said there was no limitation in your prayers. So, prayer is communing with God, right? Prayer is talking, listening. It's an intimate fellowship on a one-to-one -one basis with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. An intimate relationship with God. So when we pray, our mind, our body, our spirit all becomes involved in prayer. It's not a simple repeating words, right? Your body, soul, and mind are involved. Well, see, our spirit cries out in response to our needs and to that of others. We prayed today, did we not? Did we not do that? Uh, as God plays on our heartstrings and encourages us to share those burdens with Him, our mind staggers under the weight of sin, fear, worry, and care, don't we? You know, I was talking to you about saying I got saved when I was 10 years old, but a lot of things, a lot of a lot of water passed over that day in that time period. A lot of junk flowed down that river. I wish hadn't have flowed down the river. But I know I can turn to God and He can forgive me of my sins and set me right. 
He can, he can take that, that when we, you know, when we sin and we recognize our sin, Satan wants to hinder our ability to do things for him because he reminds us of our weaknesses and our disgust. Sin is disgusting to God. Doesn't he? So he reminds us that you're a filthy, low-down sinner, not worthy of even speaking his name. And he's right. But I can turn to God and he can cleanse me of that, put me back on the right track every single time I ask him to. So we see that. The entire Trinity, by the way, is involved in prayer. When we pray, we pray to God our Father through the Holy Spirit in the name of the Son. Right? In the name of the Son. So we see God, the Trinity is involved. When we pray, we're involving the whole leadership team in what we do. When we pray, God not only listens to us, but God speaks to our spirits. Doesn't he? An example. Remember the woman who had the issue of uh, the blood issue in her life? And she went to doctors for like 10 years and spent every dime she had, every dime she could get, and they left her still wanting, not getting any better at all. And she turned to God. And she prayed, and she saw Jesus coming, and she believed, she believed that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, no doubt she prayed to God, God, let me just touch the hem of his garment, and I will be clean. She had faith. She prayed. She prayed in the name. She prayed to God, right? In the name of the Son. And the Holy Spirit gave her that when she touched his garment. What did Jesus say? Somebody touched me. And Jesus said, Lord, there's a crowd here, man. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, a bunch of people touched you. No, 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 no. No, they didn't touch me physically. Somebody touched me spiritually. See? The Holy Spirit was working in that crowd, wasn't he? Through the Holy Spirit, the woman was cleansed immediately. And Jesus knew that. See, it's not about touching somebody physically. It's about the Holy Spirit touching you spiritually. So we see that. The psalmist said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Thou hast, well, Psalms 10 and 17, Thou hast heard the desires of the humble. But see, to pray, what do you do? You gotta humble yourself. You gotta just take your pride, your son off and allow God to see you who you are. What do they say? I heard it said like this God sees you when you're naked. Isn't that right? God sees you when you're naked. You got nothing hidden from Him anytime, any place. You can't go anywhere without Him. If you're a Christian, He's with you all the time. He says that, right? David said, if I go to the highest mountain, thou art there. If I ascend to the lowest hell, thou art there too. I mean, there's nowhere you can go without Christ if you're a Christian. Be careful when you take it. Because no doubt we haul him sometimes in places he don't want to be. With crowds we don't wanna, he don't want to be with, listen to conversations that he don't want to hear. Um. You know, how many of the prayers only changes things that change of life? Uh, uh, there's an illustration about God, about the, uh, 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 if you ever been to a, uh, a big buffet, I'm not a big buffet goer, most of the time the food is bee food, you know what I'm talking about, but unless you go to a homecoming, 
That's a different story. You said homecoming church services. That's about that. Right? That's home cooking. That's some good stuff. And you know what? The people don't care how many times you go down, do they? But they want to make sure you got stuff, don't they? Matter of fact, uh, at our church, we, have, we always have to go out buy more food. Why? Because unfortunately, people don't bring food anymore. <laughs> Homecoming, folks. You're supposed to bring something. You know, well, yeah. church will buy a chicken market. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking uh, my branch chapel people listen to what I'm talking about. So the point is, uh, uh, the, 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 the point is, we as if we're in charge of the buffet, we don't care how many times you come. We just want to make sure you get all you need. Ain't that right? That's the way it is with God in prayer. He don't care how many times you come back. He don't care how many chicken legs you get. He wants to make sure there's enough chicken legs for you to get. As believers, we have available to us forgiveness, healing, and blessings, and prosperity. All of that's available to the Christian. Prayer changes things. Many situations have been altered, lives changed, priorities rearranged by spending time in prayer. I know stories. I've had stories in my life. You know, when I was 16 years old, I lived on a dirt road in Johnson County. The road's been paid now, but it wasn't paid while I was a teenager. And I was coming home from seeing a girl one night, and uh, the muddy roads slipped into a ditch. It wasn't far from my house. I'm like, I see my house there slipping in the ditch. But I was in the ditch, and I could not get out. Just in front of it, but I couldn't get out. I did, and I pulled, and I called my neighbors, and my neighbor came, and you know, we're trying to get out, pouring rain and everything. And, uh, I finally said, right there, there was nothing we could do. I want you to know something. I got on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, help me to get out of this ditch. I need your help. I can't do nothing. We got in that car again, and you know what? Somehow or another, it caught traction, and we had that car out of the ditch. Now, was that a coincidence? That was a coincidence. My God can do anything. He can get a 16-year-old boy out of the ditch if he needs it. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. But he didn't do it till I prayed to it. You notice that? That's right. You do it on your own. You know, if you can do it on your own, you do it on your own. You need my help, you ask me for it. So I'm just saying, God can do anything. So he says, through prayer communion with God, we can affect the course of the world. Folks, we're concerned about this election coming out, are you not? I am. I'm concerned about it tremendously. It's two different, totally two different groups together. And I'm not talking politics. I'm simply saying there's good versus evil. And if you can't see it, you need to be able to be praying that God shows you the truth. And you know what? The bottom line is, though, the world's not going to end good. You know what the Bible says, don't we? So maybe we can keep the wolf at bay this election. Maybe. I ain't sure we will, but maybe. But maybe not down the road. We know eventually they'll win because in this world, that's what's supposed to happen, right? We know the tribulation's coming. We know the Antichrist is coming, right? We know the world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. We see it happening. We know it's going to happen. Be ready because the world's coming to an end. And we as Christians should be ready for the rapture. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to live through that because I'm going to be raptured up. I'm not living through the tribulation period. Thank God for that. But you know what? The life's going to happen between then and now. So anyway, the thing is, praying changes the course of life. Not only does prayer change things, but it changes people's lives. It changes people. 
Miracles of salvation, healing, preservation, deliverance, prosperity. All are because of prayer. Prayer can change your attitude and give you a new outlook in life. A person gets totally new outlook on life when they spend time in God's presence. The more you pray, the more you'll see God. And the more you'll be like God. You know what? It's interesting that they say husband and wife that stay together a long period of time, they start acting like each other. They start talking like each other. They start liking the same things. Right? Well, guess what? When you start spending time in communion with God, you start talking like God. You start acting like God. You start liking the same things that God likes. How about that? See? It's nature. The hymn writer says this in uh, this, this good hymn. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care that sets me at my father's throne, make all my wants and wishes known. In season of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and often escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. See, the writer of that song experienced the sweetness of prayer. Sometimes prayer brings me to my knees when I'm not on them. Sometimes Prayer crushes my spirit and tears come down my eyes. Sometimes prayer brings a laughter, a, a, a joy, a peace passeth all understanding. You know what I'm saying? Prayer changes our outlook. So what prevents us from prayer being successful? Well, we just do not spend enough time in prayer. James 4.2 said, ye have not because ye ask not. We don't spend enough time praying, number one. Your prayerlessness. If you don't pray to God much, you know, hey, who's this guy? Who's this person that's contacting me? I'll never get, oh, you want to ask them for me? You know, you only talk to me when you got a need? You never talk to me about anything else? What, what goes on with that? You understand? I mean, prayerlessness. James says you have not because you ask not. You're not asking for it. And then, he goes on, we must be persistent. James Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, we remember we already read that verse before, asking shall be given you, seeking shall find, knocking shall be open for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that, findeth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. See, we must be persistent in our prayer. Paul prayed over and over again for God to do something, and God told him no over and over again. But guess what? Paul didn't stop praying for it. So how do we overcome prayerlessness? First of all, we got to remember that God hears and answers our prayers. We live in we we are we we are uh, we live in the spirit with our unceasing prayers. First Thessalonians five seventeen says, "Pray without ceasing." Pray without ceasing. Second Corinthians I mean Colossians four two says, "Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving." So you're commanded to constantly always be in a state of prayer. So we see it's because we don't pray, we don't, we're not persistent in our prayer, and we have unconfessed sin. Psalm 68, 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If you got unforgiven sin in your life, he ain't answering your prayers. Uh, John 16, 18, so 16, 8, the Holy, the Holy Spirit gives you spirit of sensitivity. John 16, 8 says, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Let God convict you of your sins. 
so that you can you can be forgiven of that sin, so that doesn't stand between you and ask God ask to answer your prayers. The world teaches us to forgive others as God forgives us. Mark eleven twenty five says, "And when you stand praying, forgive, praying forgive. If ye have all against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses." You know what? If you've got something against somebody else, how do you expect God to forgive you your sin? If you're not willing to forgive somebody else of theirs. See, don't let that stand in your way. You think you're hurting them? You're hurting yourself. See, I say this. It's not what the world does to you. It's what you do to the world. You understand? You, I'll also say this. We're never responsible for the results. We're responsible for the effort. God is responsible for the results. Give him the power for the results. If you're out there talking to somebody about Jesus and they don't get saved, that's not your fault. You've done your job. The Holy Spirit is doing his job. It's up to the individual, but you've done your job. Don't allow the world to hinder you from prayer by having unforgiveness sin. If someone does something wrong to you, forgive them. It's not about them. It's about you. You understand? Don't let that hinder you. So another reason why we don't have our prayers answered is because of selfishness. We saw in John and James 4, again, 2 and 3, you lust and have not, you kill, you desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war, you have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask this, that you may consume it in your lust. See, you pray for selfish things. How do we deal with selfishness? Well, we must begin with a motivational check. Search your own heart. Ask God if your motives are correct. Do you pray for yourself? Pray the will of God. How do you know the will of God? How do you know the will of God in your life? By reading the Word of God. The Word of God will show you His will for your life. We see, so we see, unconfessed sin is in selfishness because to see lack of faith. James 6 7 said, Let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that waveth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Of the Lord. So if you don't ask believing you're going to get it, you ain't going to get it. You don't really mean it. He just asked. He don't really mean it. To give God, to give, to have God answer prayer, you must have faith in Him. Right? You must have faith in Him. You must believe that God can answer you and that nothing is too hard for Him. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretch out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Nothing too hard for God. What do we do? When we deal with sin in our lives. We got to draw closer to God. We need to feed on the word. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Count your blessings. Hear and read testimonies of others. Pray the promises of God. And then we quit too soon in our praying. Just because we don't get it the first time, we quit praying. God sometimes wants to see that you mean business. Do you really want it or do you just think you want it? Determine to persevere in prayer. Don't give up until you receive the answer. Pray the impossible. <laughs> sometimes we don't want to pray the impossible. Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen. Our broken relationships. God is concerned about our relationships. 
Matthew 22, 39, and the second is like unto thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. Sometimes you have problems between you and your wife in the community. Sometimes we have problems with everyone. Matthew 5, 24, leave therefore thy gift at the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled with thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. See, if you got something against somebody else, that's standing between you and answer prayer. So what can we do? We can confront our feelings we have about others. Be quick to reconcile with others. Remember, God knows our hearts. Romans 12, 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Pray that God will give you the power to love others as yourself. So now, how are we to pray? When it's appropriate to pray in private, and other times we pray in public. Uh, our time for prayer is always. That's the time to pray. Pray without ceasing. When, when's the time to pray? Always. Always pray. The Bible speaks in several places. We can set aside specific times. Some people do that. You know, we set a time in the morning, afternoon, lunchtime. You can set that aside. Paul says praying always. The word always carries ideas at all times, in all seasons, at every opportunities. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patience and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Be ready to talk to God all the time. Keep that phone on. I'm talking about keep your phone on. Keep your spiritual line open. Don't hang up on God. Everything you do, everything you say should be, God is hearing it anyway. Keep that line open. You don't have to stop what you do and say, hold on, oh, let me stop and pray. Right? We can say, Lord, I need your help in this situation. I ain't got to dial it up. Right? He's already on my hotline. He's already open. The channel's already open. You understand what I'm saying? Be ready all the time to ask God for help. Um, so what should we call him for? We call him for our strength when we're tempted. Sin and wickedness in the world. For him to work in situations to make it right and to work it out in his glory. We're doing that right now with the elections, right? Asking God to work it out. Having faith that God will work it out. You know what? God will work it out one way or the other. Either the way we want it or the way we don't want it. But the way God's plan is. And we pray that God's plan is what it is, whether we want it or not. So as to whoever's elected, we need to pray for whoever's in charge. You understand? Regardless, we're not going to see us marching in the streets. You know? Because we didn't get our way. We're going to be praying for God to handle the situation. Uh, we need to pray to give thanks. So when is it appropriate to pray? We already said it's appropriate to pray at home, at church, at work, vacation, anytime we go. How is it appropriate to pray? We can pray with loud voices or quiet times or to ourselves. I pray a lot of times. I'm used to drive. I'm not able to drive to work anymore. Uh, they won't let us go into the office since March the 16th. So I have to work at home. That is not fun. People think it's fun. It's not fun. Okay? I'd rather drive to Raleigh every day than stay at home every single day since March 16th. I'm looking forward to this being behind me. But the point is, I was able to commune with God on that ride in and out. He gave me time away from everybody else, just me and him. I kind of missing those times. Uh, we can pray with our hands. We can pray with our hands up, heads down, or with our heads down and our hands up. God don't care how you pray, as long as you pray. Pray with our eyes open or eyes closed. Please, if you're driving and praying to God, keep your eyes open. <laughs> Bible talks about many forms of prayer, many different postures of prayer. Sometimes you lay flat on your face. Sometimes you're standing up. Uh, you know, Jesus did a variety of those. 
How, the last thing, how can we assure our prayers are answered? God always wants to answer your prayers before you even ask. You know, it kind of reminds you of a mama who's got a sick baby. You know what I mean? She's got a baby that's not feeling well, and that mama can be in the room with the door closed, and that baby goes, uh, 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 and mama's in there, right? How did she hear that? You know? Over the husband's snoring. <laughs> but the mama senses that, doesn't she? She has this thing. God has given her that ability to hear and to know when her child needs her. You see? Uh, he has a, God has a tune near to us. He knows when we need him. He knows it before you do. God is in tune with us. Isaiah 65, 24 says, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. See, God already knows. You're not surprising God with your prayers. He's just waiting for you to ask. We must pray in the name of Jesus. That doesn't mean you say some magic thing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now we do in our prayers in the name of Jesus so everybody knows that we mean business. However, if I ask, Lord help me right now, I don't have to say in the name of Jesus. Because God knows I mean in the name of Jesus. Because I'm representing. See, an ambassador, when ambassadors went from the king to another king, they went in the name of the king. And they knew that they were representing the king. So when the king spoke, he spoke in his name. Uh, we watched the press secretary, whatever her name is, stands up for Donald Trump, right? She speaks for him, doesn't she? She doesn't say, in the name of Donald Trump. She doesn't have to say that, does she? Because we know she's his representative, right? She is speaking in the name and the power and the authority of Donald Trump. When we ask God for something, we are praying in the name of Jesus. As Christians, we have the power and the authority to speak in the name of Jesus as long as we are speaking the things that he wants us to speak. You understand? We're ambassadors for him. That's how we preach in his name. That's how we teach in his name. That's how we pray in his name. We must also allow the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what's in the mind of the Spirit. But he that maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you're supposed to pray. Pray in the name of Jesus. Praying with the Holy Spirit leading us. The Spirit is in us, knows what the Father wants. He moves us to pray. There's a Danish theologian named Soren Kierkegaard. I had to practice that several times. This is Johnson County mouth. Don't speak like that, right? Kierkegaard. Anyway, he had this thing. He said, prayer does not change God, but it changes the prayer. Prayer changes us. It does not sever. It does not serve to alter the plans of God. Prayers never alter the plans of God. It does change the one who prays the plans of God. So, pray in the Spirit about everything He places on your heart, knowing that He has promised to hear you and to answer your prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Prayer will let God show you things that you didn't even know was going to happen. Matthew 21, 22 says, In all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. We must pray for those things that God wants us to have, and we will have them. 
So in a verse today, in verse 2, B says, You have not because you ask not. You ask not because you ask this. Do not ask for things you not, do not meet God's plan. How do you get your prayers answered? Number one, only ask for things that God tells you he will give you. <laughs> right? Those are, the, those are asking God or not really asking God. They're trying to appease themselves. If you ask God for, for wealth and riches, God didn't promise you wealth and riches. He did, but not in this lifetime. But he promised you other things, didn't he? See, we, what, so if we, we got to pray for things that God asks. What do God pray for? Things that God asks us for? Peace of God. He promises you for peace. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Peace. God promises you peace. If you pray for peace, he promises you, he'll give you peace. Joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8, 10, God promises you joy. Pray for joy, God promises you joy. Strength to fight the battles. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as evil, eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God has promised you strength to fight your battles. You need strength to pray. God promises you that. He promises you that in the prayer every single time. He promises you. Help from God holding your hand. Isaiah 41 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying to thee, Fear not, I will help thee. God promises you to hold your hand. You know, we're walking through crowds. My daughter, a 15-year-old daughter, I still grab her hands above the crowd. Don't you? You know what I'm talking about? With your children, you grab your hands. Because you don't want to be worried about the crowd around them. God holds your hands through the crowd. If you ask him to, he promises you. Protection from life and storm. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, thou shalt not float and clothe thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle thee. God promises you protection from the storms of life. He promises you that. Endurance through the battles. Isaiah 54. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall, shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, saith the Lord. God has promised you that he will get you through no matter what. There can be no thing that can defeat you when you're praying to God when God is with you. Wisdom. Be like of you, he said. Ask wisdom. God will give you that. National strength. If my people are, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their own way, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their own sin, and heal their lands. How many times have you heard that? In America lately, especially, right? God can turn America back. We can pray for that. Forgiveness of sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Salvation for the lost, if thou shalt confess thy sins, right? God promises us those things. Those are the promises we can guarantee every single time you ask God for these promises, he is going to give it to you. He promised you that. And my God does not back down on his promises. Did he say anything about wealth? Did he say anything about prosperity? Did he say anything about a life without any troubles? He didn't promise you that at all, did it? Matter of fact, he promises us the otherwise, but they hate you because they hated me first. They kill you because they kill me first. See, this is not my home, he says, right? This is not your home. Don't expect it to be. Don't be comfortable in this lifetime. Rely upon the promises of God. When we pray, pray those things. Pray for those things that God promised us. See, God is willing to answer your prayers right now. Today, without hesitation, in a moment, in an instant, those prayers. He's, he will give you all you need and all the desires of your heart. You know, I always tell people this. I drink all I want to. 
I smoke all I want to. I cuss all I want to. I run around with all the women I want to run around with. I just don't want to. You understand? I don't want to. Why? Because God teaches me I don't want to do it. My heart is in communion with him, and he don't want me to do it. And I don't want to do it either. See? So we see, that's why he gave us the list of good things he wanted to bestow upon us, as we ask. The greatest of these gifts of all, by the way, is the gift of salvation. You know, if you're not saved today, God has an answer to your prayers, already boxed up, wrapped up with a bow, and only waiting on you to ask. If you're a Christian and you've been struggling with prayer, here's a promise from God. He's ready and waiting for you to ask for the goodness he is prepared for you today if you only ask and trust in him. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we're so thankful we have this opportunity that we can come to your house, we can worship you and Lord, through your message. I thank you, Lord, for it. I pray, Lord, you help us to each understand that prayer is something that we can all have. Lord, I pray that you help us. If our prayer life's not what it ought to be, maybe it's because we're not doing what we should be doing for you. Maybe we're not trusting in you. Maybe we're not allowing you to be what we want it, we need you to be. We pray we'll push aside all those things. If you're a Christian here today, Lord, I pray for the Christians that are here today, that they would encourage to do more praying, to trust in you, to pray for the right things. Lord, if there's someone in this crowd today that don't know you as a personal Savior, I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit convict them of their sins. I pray, Lord, that they pray the prayer that only the lost sinner can pray, and that's ask forgiveness, that you might come into their hearts. I thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. This is Jesus' name we pray. Amen.